Hey everybody, welcome to episode 14 of Finding Extraordinary. Just like anything, just like with nutrition, the, our routines and habits, like they're never going to be the same person to person. Mm-hmm. So like it's, it's really encouraging people to find what works for you. What works for me might not work for you, Seth, but maybe it'll work for somebody else. Or maybe they can take the routines that we just talked about and tweak them in a way that it fits for them. Yeah, and and it, sorry, one more thing. Same thing with nutrition. It's like you can't, you can't go from snoozing to rolling out of bed to getting a cup of coffee, going straight to work. You can't go from that to all the things Seth just mentioned. Just like with anything, you have to build these routines and build these habits. So like another weekly goal, wake up and drink a glass of water first thing. Don't change anything else about your routine. Just focus on that one thing. And then after you've built that, then you can stack a habit on top of that. So I think you can take that same approach to a lot of things in life. My next guest to the podcast is an absolute dynamite human being. She is the founder and head nutrition coach of Eat and Ascend and the creator of the Eat and Ascend podcast. Her name is J.J. Briggs. She studied at Cornell University where she received her Bachelor of Science in Nutritional Studies and she has also received her Certified Dietary Manager License. In this episode, we talk about mindset, health, wellness, diet, and nutrition, and how that all relates to our current time while we are in the middle of this pandemic. Guys, this is an episode you definitely want to listen to, and without any further ado, let's get it started. The truth is, no one is born extraordinary. Everyone has extraordinary inside of them. It just has to be found. Welcome back to Finding Extraordinary. I am your host, Seth Markson. Each and every episode will deliver an exciting guest or message that will expand your mind and provide insight that will help unlock the secrets to finding your extraordinary. Thank you for spending some time with me. Let's get it started. JJ Briggs. Seth Markson. I'll tell you what, first and foremost, what is up? Like, I'm so excited to have you on and like my, my, my heart is like filled. I'm super like excited, especially after seeing your Instagram posts of you being uh, nervous Nervous to talk to me? What are you nervous to talk to me about? Dude, so nervous. First of all, yesterday when I saw those uh, DMs and I was like, oh my God, did I tell him Saturday and not Sunday? Dude, I like, I was like, I'm so excited to talk to Seth. I can't believe I just blew it. Um, But it was all good. It was all good. We were talking today. Um, You know what it was? What? It was my glasses. So, you know, obviously (laughs) during quarantine, I can't really go and get my eyes checked. And I, I read our our communication wrong so that was that was on me but it wasn't really on me it was on my glasses i mean yeah yeah it was the glasses never my fault it was the glasses but (laughs) um yeah i'm i'm well nervous but i'm also i'm nervous because i'm really excited like when you first reached out and were like hey come on my podcast like my gut instinct was to be like figure out a way to delay this because I had listened to like your podcast with Dan Ram and then uh, your podcast with Chase. And I was like, yeah, this guy's, he's out of my league. Um, but 
it's exciting. It's exciting. It's super exciting. And I, out of your league, come on, JJ, you know how you're, you're way smarter than me. I'm going to, I'm just going to be upfront and very forward about that, but I'm excited to pick that brain of yours because I, we've had a couple IG lives. We've had a couple conversations and um, I just feel that people need to hear from you because I've already learned so much and I've only talked to you only a few times. So first and foremost, I want to thank you for allowing me to come on your show. I'm very, very excited for that. And I also want, I want to thank you for coming on to mine and for everyone listening. This is going to be a shared podcast. Uh, This is going to be one of her episodes, also one of my episodes. And if you haven't listened to JJ's podcast, uh, where can they find you? Uh, Everywhere. Um, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. I think I think I have iHeartRadio. Got on most major platforms. Uh, podcast name is Eat and Ascend. That's the same name as my business, my nutrition coaching business. Everything's Eat and Ascend, so you can find me there. And she's fucking amazing. So if you <laughs> if you are listening to this podcast, you go and find her right now, right now. Okay. Well, and, and and vice versa, vice versa. If you're listening to my podcast on the Eat and Ascend um, podcast, go check out Finding Extraordinary with with Seth. It's wonderful. Seth, can you pronounce your last name for me? Marks on. Marks on. Yep. Okay. It's like uh, like marks on paper. Marks on paper. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I kept like listening to your intro because I was like, I want to make sure I say his last name right. And then I would like listen and be like, Markson? No, Mark. Marks on. Marks on. Got it. So at, at my high school graduation. Um, I went over this with the speaker or the person um, who was, you know, reading off the, the names. And I said it to her like three times. I'm like, it's just, it's easy. It's marks on just Seth marks on. And she got it right. Every, every single time we did rehearsal, but then when we're going and uh, it's like the real, the real thing, I'm like walking up there and I hear uh, Seth Mark zone, Seth Mark's own. And I was like, all right. I haven't heard that one before, honestly, so, <laughs> but you know, it's yeah. uh, it's, it, it works. It's, you it's know? the Z, the Z threw me off. Yeah. Yeah. No, not a lot of Z's out there, <laughs> but so what's uh, up with, how, how are you doing? I'm you good. Doing well? I'm doing very well. Um, in quarantine and, uh, very, very fortunate to, to be where I am. Um, I'm in Southern California. It's bright, in sunny most days and I live in a lively community so it's tough for me and the people closest to me to to really like stay inside but we are extremely fortunate to be in a place that um that allows for like biking or walking around and still having our space Mm -hmm. so um it it could be better. It could always be better, but I'm not, uh, I, I just know that some people have it way worse, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to bitch about it. It just yeah. doesn't make sense to me. And yeah. yesterday I got to go on a bike ride. I, I did like four miles, uh, up and down the coast out here, pretty much as far as I can go both North and South without running into like barricades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was awesome. And I have no so complaints nice about outside. it. Yeah. 
Yeah, my, my wife and I woke up at like we got up early because like I had a couple client calls and then and then we're recording and then I'm doing another recording tonight. So we got out at like six thirty. No, we didn't leave till seven. We got out at like seven. We went for like six mile hike back on like a really close trail and it was just so nice to get outside. We had coffee, brought some muffins. It was just really it was a nice respite from you know what's going on. Yeah, then that's that's amazing. That's what it's all about, you know. Um, we can we can think to ourselves that we are stuck. That is totally a possibility, but we can also think to ourselves that, okay, we're stuck and we can do some shit. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's solely a choice and making, making things that didn't seem important, like waking up and going to get a, a cup of coffee is imperative right now because you have to really give yourself a chance to look ahead for things. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, it'll, it can set up the rest of the days. It, it gives you that. Okay. What's next mentality. Then fuck, what am I going to do? Mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like what you just said about going to get a cup of coffee, I feel like this time is really making me appreciate some of those little things. Like Thursday night, I drove to get, pick up a dozen crabs and we got, what do we got? We got crabs and peel and eat shrimp, like a, a nice seafood meal. On the way there, I was just like driving, listening to music, like blasting the music. And I'm like, I hadn't driven in like nine days and I was present and it was a wonderful. And on the way back, it kind of hit me like, and I, I got like a little teary out. I was like, hey, like reminder to myself, don't take anything for granted. Even just sitting here, being present in the car, listening to music like that is, it's amazing. That, that we're able to do that and, and I, I enjoy that so like it just reminded him to myself throughout this time you know all these little things that we take for granted you know kind of pause and, and reflect and really take note of what what you what you enjoy in this life yeah and you you said something important there uh enjoy because we could look at it at it the time right now and everyone's seeing, saying like oh be grateful for this be grateful for that Um, You know, this is the time to look into other things and it's literally, it's like on repeat with a lot of, with a lot of people uh, or in a lot of conversations, which isn't a bad thing, but the key that you said is, dude, enjoy it. Mm -hmm. People, people show enjoyment in so many different ways, whatever that is for you, dude, fucking just enjoy it. That's, that's how you be grateful. Don't talk about being grateful. Like just enjoy it. Yeah. And that, so I had a client who, um, actually she just started with me like a week ago and on her discovery call where she's a, she's a teacher and she's obviously remote teaching right now. And she was saying like kind of over and over, like, I, I know it's not good for everybody, but, but right now I have more time. I feel like I can focus on my health and wellness. And, and I kind of stopped her and I was like, Hey, like, it's okay if this quarantine is positively impacting your life. I know, that, I know that not everybody can say that. I absolutely know that not everybody can say that. And a lot of people are going through some incredibly, incredibly tough times and possibly like the toughest times they'll ever experience in their life. And you can be empathetic towards that and compassionate towards that while also being thankful and enjoying the time that you've been given or the changes to your schedule that's been given. Like, I don't think that it's mutually exclusive. I don't think you have to, like you were just saying, enjoy it. It's okay to enjoy it. And, and gratitude, a gratitude practice is great, but you have to actually like 
it, it's it's a practice. You actively need to need to enjoy things and not just say it, like you said. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the oldest adage, right? Uh, don't just say it, do it. And as as a coach, and you know, someone who is is great at what they do, I'm sure you understand. Like w- working with clients in everything. Hey, I'll, I'll take everything you say with a grain of salt because words matter. What you say really matters, but mm-hmm. it comes down to your actions. It comes down to like what you do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's get into backgrounds here. Sure. You know? So for, for, for my guests, and I'm sure some of the new ones coming on to yours, uh, can you tell us a little bit about JJ Briggs? I can, I can. Where do you start with that question? Um, so I guess I'll start with what I'm doing currently. I'm a registered dietitian and I am a nutrition coach. I run Eat and Ascend. Uh, my LLC was just finalized last month, um, but I've been doing nutrition coaching for the last like six or seven months. Uh, but it's been something that I've been thinking about doing for many years, probably like three to four years. And I finally took action on it. So um, kind of what you're saying, I'll I'll finish my background, but just to comment on what you're saying about like, it's the old adage of like, don't say it, just do it. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm constantly playing the game of trying to like get ahead of myself. Like, like I, I actually made my first nutrition coaching sale before I even had a nutrition coaching program. I, I had an idea of what I wanted to do, but it wasn't until I actually made the sale that I was like, oh my goodness, okay, but I guess I better do a new client assessment. I best, better get it, better figure out how to do this. Uh, how, should I, how should I do the weekly check-ins? Like, I'm kind of always, I, I, I say things and then I'm like, oh shoot, like now I got to act and actually, actually catch up to what I say. But so what I'm trying to do now in, in my life is, okay, get, a, get ahead, have some foresight. Like what, what do I want the next, you know, four or five months to look like? And then how can I build my habits and, and reach that without constantly having to play this game of catch up. But anyways, so that's what I'm doing now. I do have a full-time job um, also at a, at a tech company. I, I'm a product instructor for them. But the ultimate goal is to go all in on Eat and Ascend and, you know, do, do nutrition coaching full-time. Um, I went to Cornell University and studied nutrition and dietetics, and I played softball there. I was listening to a couple of your episodes. You played baseball? Yeah. Yeah. Did you play at ASU? I didn't play at ASU. I played at Dixie State and Arizona Western, and then a little bit of semi-pro. Okay. That's what you mentioned, semi-pro. What position did you play? Catcher. Catcher. Okay. Mm -hmm. Played center. Oh, awesome. So um, I... I was unique in the position where I'm a taller guy. I'm six two. And, um, I was just, I have really, really good footwork. And that's something that I can say with, without feeling conceited because I worked the, I worked on it all the time Mm -hmm. and it, uh, I was, I was good at catcher, but when I wouldn't play catcher, I played outfield. So, um, that's awesome. And I'm sure as you know, being a center fielder, natural leadership, you know, could cover some ground for sure. Right. Yeah. Could definitely could. I was very, very, like you'll say, you have good footwork. I, I was very, very, very strong defensively, but I struggled uh, offensively uh, quite a bit at times, but yeah, it was pretty solid in the outfield could cover a lot of ground, you know, as a center fielder, you got to take charge and, and take the lead out there. I, what's funny is like with baseball and softball, I think more so than any sport you, you might not be doing well, 
for no reason. It's just, it's like, it's that time of the month. And you, I, you're just like not doing well. And you're like, well, how the hell, how, how did I go five for five in my last game? Or how did I go three for five in the last, you know, two games? And I just went 0 for four. What? Yeah. I think for me, like, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but it is, for, I think it's so much of your mindset. Like my mind, when I would get into the batter's box, it was all over the place. It was, it was all that doubt, all that, that fear creeping in. I hope I don't strike out. Well, if you're hoping you're not going to strike out, then you're going to strike out instead of just focusing on drive the ball of the middle, like, you know, breathe, whatever it might be. Um, where was I? Yeah. So I I played softball at Cornell. Um, and then, um, I did, um, I did my dietetic internship out of Cornell with a large, um, like one of the big contracting food service companies. And, um, you know, I always kind of knew that I wanted to get into nutrition and growing up, uh, my goal was always to play softball specifically at Cornell. So I was always really, really driven to, um, you know, to, to get to Cornell to play softball there. Um, and I knew I wanted to become a dietitian, but I feel like I've spent the last five years since college, really trying to figure out like what is next for me. Um, you know, that was always so, so driven to, to, to accomplish that. I actually, okay. So I pulled this out. Um, cause I was like, if you're probably going to ask about my background. And then, um, I thought of this cause I was listening to your episode with Dan Ram and you yeah. were talking about how you're reading mindset. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the books I pulled out cause it's one of my uh, current reads right now too. Oh, epic. And, uh, yeah. So I want to, uh, you know, pick your brain about mindset, but like th- literally this is a letter that I wrote to myself in eighth grade and our teachers were going to send it to ourselves when we graduated high school. Wow. But it didn't, did it, it didn't make it to me until like, um, I think I was like a sophomore or junior in college because my family had moved so much. My teacher couldn't figure out my address until finally my sister ended up working at the same school. But anyways, so this was lit- written on this paper from my eighth grade self to my senior, senior year self. I wanted to become valedictorian. I, I wasn't valedictorian. I was thirditorian. Um, which, is, which is awesome. This is the third. Yeah, my sister always calls it the, the first loser. Um, I wanted to play softball. Wow. <laughs> I wanted to play softball at Cornell. I wanted to come out to my parents. How wholesome of me. And um, I wanted to be happy with who I am and what I've become. But like the two that kind of stick out the most to me on this are like the valedictorian thing and the playing softball at Cornell thing. Cause I think, I think throughout my journey currently, like I felt like I was, I had this growth mindset of reaching those goals to, to go to Cornell and, and become a dietitian. And then when I got to Cornell kind of battling with, with this like fixed mindset of, Oh my gosh, everybody here is so smart. I have to work so much harder to get decent grades. Well, I'm just not going to work that hard then because I don't know if I can get these good grades and well, I don't know if I'm ever going to start on the team. So like, of course, I'm going to try really, really hard, but like, you know, so all these kind of like fixed mindset thoughts yeah. kind of crept in and um, like keeping like I, when I was still in, in college, I was still working towards that goal, obviously of, you know, become a dietitian. And I feel like I've spent the last five years, like I mentioned, really trying to figure out what's next and then realizing that I had shifted into this fixed mindset and now really being conscious of that and shifting back into that growth mindset. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. Okay. And what I would ask is when, when did you make 
the shift, when did you practically a- apply mm-hmm. yourself to making a shift from fixed to, to growth mindset? Um, it's kind of hard to pinpoint, you know, cause I felt like, um, so right out of my internship, I started working in um, food service management, which like I always knew that I didn't want to be a clinical dietitian. I ended up doing a year of that just to have experience. And then before coming to the company I was now, I actually worked as a food service director. So I like managed the kitchen. I had 30 employees reporting to me. I had two supervisors and managers reporting to me. It's like, I had no clue what I was doing, but I was just figuring it out. Um, and I, I kind of like, I always knew, I always knew in the back of my mind that I wanted to get into nutrition coaching, but I didn't want to do like traditional outpatient dietetics where it's like you see somebody and then maybe you see them again for an hour the month later. Um, like I knew that I could make an impact on people with, with my passion for, for health and wellness. Um, but I wasn't sure how to do that. So your question specifically was growth to fix. I think definitely that growth to fix was probably in, in, in college at some type there, but then the shift from like fixed to growth, I think started happening. It started happening. Like I'd say three years ago when I actually moved um, to Maryland. And I used to think, oh man, I was so disciplined in high school. And then, you know, that was true. I was definitely disciplined. And then I used to think, well, it's because I had really, really good habits, which again, it was true. But then what I realized is the reason I was so disciplined, the reason I had such great habits was because I had this growth mindset and knew with every ounce of my being that I was gonna accomplish the goals that I had set out for myself. And so I'd say probably about two, two or three years ago, I started kind of, and it's definitely not a switch. It doesn't switch on or off. Kind of, you know, flickers and sometimes it's off and sometimes it's on. But I'd say definitely three years ago and really probably in the last six months, I've really, um, since I started coaching, I think actually putting, you know, actually taking action on, on what I always said I wanted to do has really kind of helped, helped fuel that and know that I'm only... I'm only holding my myself back with with that mindset. One hundred percent. Yeah. Once you give yourself the opportunity to really go after what it is that you want, and you, it can be scary. It might not be that scary, but once you put yourself in it, mm-hmm. and you know, you know what the field looks like, you know where you can maneuver. It's, it's way different than being on the outside trying to say like, oh man, I wonder what that's like. Mm-hmm. Once you're in it, you're in it. You, you, you're in the know and it changes everything. Um, as you mentioned, uh, my, the podcast with Dan Ram, he, he, he always preaches start now, start simple, get in, just get in, you know, put your fucking toe in the water. Or dive in, just dive in, put your whole body in (laughs) and see what it's like. Yeah. Get an idea. And it's not, what what I love about mindset is that people stop themselves before they, they even give themselves a chance. Whew. Wow. Baseball or I'm sorry, softball at Cornell. No way I can do that. What do you mean? No way you can do that. Do you Mm -hmm. even know, like, have you ever tried or for someone else, like public speaking, oh, speak, uh, go do a TEDx talk. No way I can do that. I see people I, who are way, way above my pay grade, above my, my, uh, my ability to speak. They're doing that. I can't do that. Well, mm. 
have you even, have you tried? Did you actually put preparation and effort into a legitimate try? And if you don't do that, if you just don't give yourself the chance, you know, that's 100% on you and there's no coach or uh, parent that can help you. Mm-hmm. It's you got to just own the fact that you are capable and being capable isn't just it, but uh, you have the, the ability to apply effort and that's the most important thing. So just jump in and be ready to give it everything you have. Yeah. And so I a hundred percent agree with all that. And something that something that prevented me from taking action in my life is wanting things to be perfect, but like perfect doesn't exist. So I always tell, I mean, I tell this to myself and I tell this to my clients all the time, like 80% is better than 0%. Like, even if, even if you're not ready to like, I'm recording podcasts on this microphone, this like headset microphone that my work gave me on a laptop. I'm just using garage, but like, it's, it's not perfect. Like, of course I want like a nice headphone or whatever, but 80% is better than 0%. So getting something out there and getting the ball rolling, like from that, that's just a starting point and you can build and build and build. And the only way you get better is to actually, you know, practice. Yeah. And if honestly, if you like start something and you're really, really great at it off the bat for like, that sucks. Like you're, you're not depending gonna, on what it is. You're, well, <laughs> Well, like you're, will you really give yourself a, the chance to get good? Would you really give your chance yourself the chance to grow? Mm-hmm. If you allow, if you allow yourself to really like suck at something and then get really good at it, you know what your mentality is going to be if if you take a loss or if something negative happens, dude. No worries, I got this. I've done it before. I started here and now I'm here. This is just like a minor setback. I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But if you start off and you're great at something and you just, you, you don't think you have to work hard or, you know, like, ah, I got this, no big deal. I, I'm great at this. I don't have to try. And then you, you lose or something negative happens. Then it's like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Where, what do I do now? Do I have this? Yeah. Well, grit, grit will take you farther than talent will. 100%, 100%. Have you read that by Angela Duckworth? No, it's next. Next on my list. I actually literally, like, I'm going to prove it to you. <laughs> Add it to your Audible account? Yeah. yeah. No, it's on there. Hold on. Let me show you. And for everyone listening, I'm just about, it's, sorry. I'm, I, I have to show her. <laughs> Boom. Is it literally on your list? Look at it. Oh, no way. Great. That's so right cool. There. Nice. All right. Everybody believe him. He's telling the truth. It's (laughs) next on his list. Yep. So, yeah. So I think, I think grit can, can take you farther than talent. And just like, you know, I'm not saying that like, like playing softball at Cornell, I'm not saying it's like this, like crazy, crazy goal or anything. And like, that's the end I'll be all. But like, for me, that was my vision and my goal. And I, I wanted to achieve that. And I think, you know, for, for anybody out there, you know, we all have these ideas. We all have kind of like these, these, musings of of what we might want our life and future to look like and it's great to think about it but taking action on it is that is that next step like I knew I like I knew I I know now I know now 
having been coaching for six or seven months, having started a podcast, even if the podcast isn't great, even if I get really, really nervous before recording them and like do weird things with, with my hands, even though people can't see me, only Seth can see me. What do I do me. with my hands? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I'm so like passionate about it and I'm so like, I'm, I'm so much more willing to, to put in the, the time and put in the effort and put in the grit towards this because I know that I can help many, many people if I do. And I know that it's going to be, you know, the most fulfilling career. I don't even know where, how we, how do we got, how we got here, dude. Um, I don't necessarily either, <laughs> but we're going to keep talking on it. Um, Cause I think something that, that translates to a lot of people for themselves and to others. Right. So like, stories stories are are awesome and it's a great way to um move important information and give it to to someone else um and if you can build your narrative and build your story in a way that will inspire people well then your job if you are a coach or anyone who is influencing anybody it becomes it 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 it, all you have to do is tell them your story Mm -hmm. because you put the work in and you can help them build their story 100 percent. yeah speaking of story and i know sorry i know i don't know who i don't know who who we're good to both ask each other questions right Oh, 100%. Yeah. This is, right. this is a conversation. This is, yeah. So like I've listened to a couple of your episodes. I talked to you on LinkedIn. I like found you're like, I'm BD. Like, mm-hmm. what is your story? I feel My like I haven't, I haven't been able to piece it together. And, and it's probably on one of your first episodes of Fighting Extraordinary that I wasn't able to, to binge and listen to, but what is your story? Like, you what's know, your my- backstory? Um, my, it's, it's ever, it's always moving. Um, my backstory revolves around me just being insanely curious. I'm incredibly curious about people and um, learning ways to improve yourself and well, myself, others, um, health is a big part of that. And um, I've just, I have an incredible life experience and I feel like it, it is only getting better. So Let's see, where, where do I start? Um, I grew up in a little big town. Uh, Tucson, Arizona is, uh, it's, it's a big town, but it's a little town. I think it's one of those cities where it, it's actually one of the, uh, it's pretty well populated area, but everyone seems to know everyone there. And um, I grew up, playing every single sport imaginable love sports um i ended up taking baseball the furthest played in college uh i was also so my my faith which is uh particularly particular to me and i believe everyone should have faith and it's totally your own um and so i'm i'm uh of jewish faith and where i grew up that's like 1% of the population, right? <laughs> in Tucson? In Tucson, yeah, yeah. Um, not, not a lot of, of Jewish people out there. Mm-hmm. But um, 
you know, I, I love, I love my faith. I love all religions and it's really great because uh little, little segue here. My, in my sect of my faith, um, I took a, uh, we call it Hebrew class. Uh, I took a class when I was in eighth grade and it was exploring other religions and it was really, really cool. So there's like me and my Jewish friends in my class, we all went to services of other religions. And like we saw, we went to a, uh, a Baptist church. That was really fun. This is by far the best religious service I've ever been to in my life. It, there was like a choir. <laughs> there were people like singing, like going up and down or like dancing and dancing. Yeah. I'm like, this is epic. Like, this is a great time. No wonder people want to go to church. Like this is <laughs> epic. So uh, what I loved about that was like, I saw that I saw a, um, a service in a mosque. Uh, I saw the, uh, an Orthodox Jewish service, um, a Catholic service, Christian service, all of it. And I, and like, we could ask people in, in those uh, religions, like, different questions right like like why do you guys do this why do you guys do that and it was it was very very cool to see that okay um even though there's not a lot of jewish people here where i live um it's nice to know that all these other religions are around and we can all live in the same space totally respect each other and um i I don't have to just say, oh, well, I only love Judaism and there's nothing else because there's clearly other faiths and I can love those too. That's, so that's amazing. So I think there's certain experiences in my life that like made me very, very curious about things. And that is certainly one of them. Um, and then, uh, then I played college baseball. That was awesome. And that was like the first time in my life where I was like, okay, I, I love the competitiveness. Um, I'm pretty good at it. And I, I wasn't one of those kids who only had natural talent. I really, really had to give effort. Like I would go out and steal construction cones. And if, this is against um, the law still. I'm sorry. Uh, please don't. If you're a cop, please don't come and find me. But I would steal construction cones and I would uh, bring them back to my house, put them in my garage. I put up an old mattress and I would use that as a, as a batting tee. And, you know, I would just do that for Great hours idea. every day. Yeah. Well, except the whole stealing part. But uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. I was just thinking about, you know, good way to get those reps. In. But if anyone is a, you know, baseball player, softball player, that is an option. Yeah. And I think the police have bigger fish to fry at the, at the moment. Yeah. So you're probably oh, yeah. good. <laughs> but yeah. So um, I played sports and that playing sports and really having to work at, at, at doing well, that set up like my whole life. So I am a huge advocate of sports. And, um, I think it's awesome when, uh, I'm, I'm for the, I'm really for working with people who just want to get better, who aren't like really great and don't want to, don't want to get better. I'm for that person who either is great or like really not great, but just wants to get better because that's, 
that's what I can relate to. Mm-hmm. So that, that developed like my mentality. Then um, when I was taking, taking courses in school, I really learned to love business because what, what I learned about business is that it's not necessarily all of what you know, but it's about how you can, can cultivate relationships. And that's what really matters. And that learning that really, really spoke to me because I, again, I'm so curious about people building relationships was already like an innate thing that I do. And it was like, wow, I can get into this thing called business and I can just work on something that I already really love. And that's just talking to people, building relationships and like in a way of making money, I can still just be like super curious about who they are and ask them a ton of questions anyways. So yeah, that was something that, you know, that, that I started to love. So, um, after college, I kind of married those two together and, uh, or I, after college, I married two things together that, uh, I, I really liked, which was sports and business. I worked for CBS for a long, for a, a few years and I worked for CBS sports and as much as I really, really liked it, um, one thing that I learned is that revenue is the, is the driver. Revenue is the end all be all. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't ready for that because, um, when it, when it comes to, to business at that level, it's all about the bottom line. Like, it's not about the love for sports. It's not about the love for mindset. It's like, did you hit the number or did you not hit the number? And to no blame to anyone I worked with, I wasn't ready for that type of environment. So I started looking into myself and wondering like, what are other things I can do? You know, what are, what are for some reason I'm not feeling this why first of all because i thought this was like my dream job sports and business and it still is an amazing amazing uh position uh, but i couldn't figure out like fuck why am i not enjoying this so i started looking for other outlets and i started looking into um the national speakers association um and then a couple different like toastmasters and then acting and what I didn't tell you before was while I was in school playing baseball, I also was getting my business degree and also uh, acting because I've always loved acting. I literally was in a play and like my days were structured from in the morning, I would wake up, do weights. Uh, then I would go to class. Then I would go to practice, which is baseball practice. And then I would go to uh, acting um, or play practice or rehearsal and then I would just do it all over again. And it was like, you must have had the most insane time management. Yeah. Yeah. But which is also a really good thing that, that, you know, served me later on. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, what I wasn't afraid of at the time was, uh, or at the time when I chose to separate from CBS was like, okay, um, I'm ready to jump into something else. 
because I know if I give effort, because it's something I've always done in my life. If I give my full effort and give my full intention to be being fully prepared, whatever I do, I'm going to be all right. And that's when um, I decided when I was uh, looking at acting and different classes, like very intense acting classes that like the people you see in movies, these are like, this is what they do because this is the dream. That's what like they were put on earth to do. So they went to these classes and I was like, cool, I'm the same. I'm totally the same. I want to, I want to do that. So I gave, uh, I went to uh, two different schools uh, for three years to develop my acting and uh, on stage, on screen presence. And I was like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I want to do. So I'm, I'm in like the, the mind, the mindset where like, okay, this is what I want to do. And, you know, I've got, I've got it. This is fine. I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to make, I'm going to be in movies and things like that. And during that time, I took a trip to Southeast Asia. It was a 31 day trip where I was just literally by myself. Um, and I saw all these beautiful things. I would, I saw uh, South Korea, Thailand, Cambodia, Indonesia, and some of the most beautiful places literally on, on the planet. And when I was there, I started to get that feeling that I had when I was, uh, when I was working in, at, in sales. I was like, well, this is awesome. I should be here. But why do I feel like that conflict, that confliction, you know, in, in my body? Why do I, what is that? Were you I in couldn't. sales at CBS? I was, yeah. Okay. So I started thinking to myself, I'm like, what, what is this? I'm in the most beautiful place on the planet and I'm, I'm not happy. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I got, I, I came home from that trip and uh, I started, I was still doing acting and I, I was, I was gaining success acting too. Like I, I made it into a couple films, um, a play. Uh, I made it onto a, a Netflix show and I recognized I, I had that same feeling while I was at, I was in sales while I was in uh, in Southeast Asia. And now at the point when I'm like, you know, doing pretty decent as, as an actor, mm -hmm. I'm like, why do I still feel conflicted? And this is the big lesson here. Every time I had that feeling, I decided that it was time to go change my atmosphere. It was time to do something different. But what I didn't do, instead of, uh, instead of looking at my atmosphere around me, I didn't look at my atmosphere in here. I didn't look at my, my atmosphere in my heart, in my mind, in my body. I just, I, I would run away. And it took me a while to be the guy who just owns it. Mm -hmm. 
really quick you said something about running away and something that i said as i was leaving my last position to come to my current position i kept saying like i think i mentioned it to my wife my family i was like the next move i make i don't want to be running away from something i want to be running towards it uh, so i 100 percent understand where you're coming from there but sorry no 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 and it's it's so applicable to you know to the conversation um it took me a minute to even figure out what I want to run towards because I was like running blind. Right. I thought I had to travel. I had to go to these amazing, gorgeous places. I had to go try and make uh, change my atmosphere and have these amazing things happen to me on the outside. But I never was like, okay with who I was on the inside and what, um, what I realized was a, I just need to own it. I need to own that. What's going on is solely my fault. My life is solely mine. It's not, it has nothing to do with my parents. It has nothing to do with who I worked with or who I'm working with now. It's solely on me. And that means that anything that I want to happen is possible because it's solely on me. So that's when I started really diving into, okay, who am I? What do, what do I like? What can I do? I know that I can make things happen because I, I love building relationships. I know people and I love meeting new people and making things happen. That's something that I have been doing since I was, you know, five years old. I always say that's like the only thing I'm good at. Like I, I, some of some of what you're saying, like I'm really, really resonating with because a hundred percent, like the reason I like coaching is because I get to build relationships with people. I love talking to people. I love having these conversations. I ask a million questions and I'm not saying the only thing I'm good at as if it's a bad thing. It's really, really good thing. If that's, if you know that that's your purpose and that's what you're good at, like you can totally leverage that like you're doing right now with your podcast. Exactly. Exactly. So that led me down to building something that, that would allow me to meet and connect and find, find more conversations uh, around the subjects that I really like and I think can serve others. So that's how the podcast was born. And that's how I got into doing this, which has opened up so many doors because a, I'm doing something that I know is true to me. I'm not trying to just make other people happy or like make a, this, make an image of myself to others that looks really cool. I'm just really like, this is what I'm about. And I can have very fulfilling conversations that don't only serve me, but serve others too. And that's really kind of how I got into this position here with finding extraordinary and how uh, I'm able to, to help others everywhere. I love it. Yeah. And I, I don't know, again, like i I find like, I, I really resonate with a lot, with a lot of what you just said. Cause I, I a hundred percent feel the same way and um, like serving others, whether it be via coaching, you know, via podcasting, YouTubing, whatever it is. I think there's so much value in that. And on one of your, I think it was with Chase, 
uh, tuning when he was on. You guys did the the little. Um, you were on his, and I think he was on yours. Similar yeah. thing as we're doing here, and and you said you feel like you're so curious and have these amazing conversations with people, and it's almost like you have like you were called to share them. They're too good to not share with others, and and hope that they glean something. You know, glean something from it. I always say, even if even if one person works out because they saw me on my Instagram story, or if one person starts to not feel guilty about the foods that they're eating because they listened to my episode last week. That's worth it to me. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's, if that's what this podcast is for, if that's what the message is for, then that should elate you when mm -hmm. either one person, a hundred people, 1 million, doesn't matter if that should elate you when that happens. And also another good point is that if one person does it, that means that, you have the ability to impact two for a hundred thousands millions. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's, oh, I'm telling you life, life is really, really cool <laughs> if you want yeah. it to be. Yeah. And you really just gotta, you gotta take that dive into, into what it is that, that you, you want to do at the time. And what you think you want to do because you never know. So I know you're working on your podcast during this time. Mm -hmm. uh, and you mentioned on another episode that you're doing some writing. Yeah. Or what kind of writing is that? So I do want to uh, do a TED talk here in the next, within the next year, whenever we can do TED talks again. That aren't, <laughs> I don't want to do a virtual one. I want to be there on the yeah. stage with the people. On the, on the X, on the red X. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big goal of mine. And, um, again, I don't know if that is really possible if I don't take the plunge and put myself, you know, in, in the arena, like doing I'm a sure podcast, doing the podcast, finding the people who actually do have Ted talks and, and talking to them because they, uh, another awesome point here is that even if you're starting something, that puts you in the same realm of the people who have already accomplished it. And I'm telling you more so than not, they are more than willing to help you out if you try and reach out to them. Yeah. So that's been a big goal of mine to accomplish a Ted talk. So I'm writing, uh, um, I'm just kind of like journaling and writing, right. Writing, writing my, <laughs> writing my thoughts down and piecing them to serve a powerful message because I know I can do that. So uh, yeah. that's, that's, that's been a big focus of mine. What's the difference between a Ted talk and a TEDx talk? Honestly, you know? I, I don't know. And, okay. and hopefully the guys who, uh, if they're reviewing me and they hear this conversation, don't, don't take points off for that. I'm sorry. I don't know what, <laughs> what the difference is. No, the, well, the reason I ask is because I know um, a couple people uh, one dietitian who a dietitian I know from Instagram and met in real life. Uh, she's done a TEDx. I know another one who's prepping for a TEDx. I know another guy who's, uh, well, actually he was supposed to do his, I think like right around this time in April. So I'm, I'm assuming that's postponed, but if there's anybody that I could like connect you with who has done one, um, I'd, I'd be happy to do that. And their Ted, the only reason I ask is because they're TEDx talks. So I don't know what the difference is between a TED and a TEDx. I think TEDx might be a little more local. So, okay. 
at like right. universities and such. Yeah. And yeah, like okay. TED Talks might just be like the uh, their um their premium platform. I'm Okay. That's what I'm assuming. I think you're right. But yeah, let me uh I would love to connect with them. That would be phenomenal. Yeah, for sure. And I think one worked with I don't know if you know the name John John Romanello. Sounds um, really familiar familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Connected to like Chase and a lot of those guys, but um I I think they worked with him. Um he's like a a, a writing coach. Oh, awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I, I heard you say something about writing. I was like, hmm, I wonder what kind of writing he's writing he's up to. Yeah. No, I appreciate the question. Um, first and foremost, uh, thank you so much for, for uh, listening to all those episodes and, and bringing up these questions. This is, this is probably the, a more introspective conversation that I've had than, than most. So I really appreciate that. Well, I, and I have, I like have questions for you. Yes. Because, um, your I, I like the questions you ask in interviews i like the way you inter, you're interact with your uh, with, with the people you have on your show and i'm i have not interviewed like I, I said on one of my episodes like the last people i were interviewing were like frontline colleague positions for like food service workers like at my at my old hospital So like ask like interviewing and like there's an art to interviewing and it's really important to kind of know how to lead the conversation and also like let it flow organically so do you do anything specific to prepare for your interviews yeah uh just life life in general that's how i prepare but Um, like any do you do any like specific like like i i this is what I did. I wasn't no, I wasn't sure how to prepare. So I listened to some episodes. I made sure to get the gears turning. I looked at your LinkedIn. I looked at your Instagram. I looked at your website. Like, do you kind of do some of that stuff with, when you have people on? Or yeah. Do you, so okay. research is always, always a priority. You want to know who you're talking to. But that said, my intention for my podcast is to find the extraordinary in somebody. So I'm not talking to them to know they're extraordinary before I talk to them. I'm here. I'm, I'm there to find it. So I don't want to know everything. And that's something that over time I built into the interview. Mm-hmm. So when I first started, I had the Seth Markson podcast and that, that podcast I just started to start honestly like you were like you were saying um that's probably how mine uh, is right now I'm just starting it to start that's th- that's perfect that's what you want so just get comfortable you know talking into a, a microphone and pressing the on button and still having your your same uh, mentality or same personality instead of being, Oh, hello there. My name is Seth and I'm talking to a screen right now and totally changing myself. That happens. And that's yeah. okay. If it does, you will slowly become more comfortable talking to people, talking to the mic. But yeah. the, back to the story, I just started the podcast called the Seth Markson podcast because I know I talk to really great people who have awesome information and I had no strategy. It was just like, I'm having you on and I'm going to talk about whatever you want to talk about. We'll talk about sports. We'll talk about fashion. I don't care. Let's just chat, which is cool, but that doesn't serve exactly what I'm all about. I am very curious to know who you are and what you're all about, but 
I really like to have conversations that revolve around like, how the fuck did you do that? Or why are you so amazing? Mm -hmm. So now I, again, I looked back at myself and I was like, okay, how can I serve an audience? Cause everyone's asking me, what's the Seth Markson podcast? And I couldn't really tell them what it was. Couldn't be like, eh, well, I, I bring people on. They're usually really, really awesome. And we talk about awesome stuff. You should totally listen. Mm-hmm. And that could sound <laughs> like, great what? to some people. I'm not, I'm not going to discount that, that, you know, uh, that could sound really cool, but I decided that I need to change this to be intentional to serve, you know, what, what I'm trying to serve others with and what I'm all about. So I thought about it. I was like, what do I always try to do when I'm, when I'm talking to these people? Oh, well, I'm, I'm searching. I'm looking for something. I'm looking for their like badassness, looking for their not necessarily success, but like how they become fulfilled. I'm trying to figure out how they become extraordinary. That's what Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do. So boom, my intention for every conversation is to find your extraordinary. So that having, having that intention and me knowing that and my guests knowing that already kind of sets the tone for the conversation. It gives me an idea of how I want to, you know, frame my questions. And not only that, it allows my guest to to be ready for that because they know off the bat, like, okay, this is this is what this is about. Yeah. And in turn, not that I'm discounting research, but to talk to someone who is super smart, awesome person, and happens to be a nutritionist. Well, I don't need to know everything about nutrition to have that conversation because I'm not interested in just the key nutritional facts. There are certainly things that, that I'm going to talk about and ask and ask you, but I'm more interested in why did you decide to become a nutritionist? Mm-hmm. Why, like, why do you want to serve all these people? Why do you want to like kick ass in your own life and also like get people to kick ass in theirs? Like what drives that? That's, that's what I'm more interested in. And that's, I, I don't need to be an expert in your field to have the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Does that kind of answer? Oh answer yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I like that. So no matter who you're talking to, you're always trying to find their extraordinary and it's going to be different for everybody, mm-hmm. but you know that who you're talking to. Well, and I think in, in a lot, I think most people, there's at least something extraordinary about them. There's something that they're really, really strong at or really great at that they, that they work really hard towards, really hard towards. Oof. Yeah. And it's like, not just like, what is that, but what is working really hard? Like for, for, uh, for, Dan in my last episode that was him uh wanting to have thoughtful and great answers in his in his adolescent classes and he knew that he wasn't giving max effort so he wanted to change that and then he became the guy that everyone goes to for answers in school and he's mm-hmm. like wow I'm just going to do that in life 
And <laughs> now he's public speaking and leading every major tech conference, you know, in Europe. So it's different literally for everyone. Um, and I, I would ask, why do you want to be a nutritionist? And what led you down that path? Sure. Yeah, so I became really interested in nutrition my freshman year of high school. Um, so I have, I have Raynaud's syndrome. Uh, so like when it gets cold, my like blood vessels like vasoconstrict. And like there was one day I was, it was like, it was an 8 a.m. tournament game for softball. So like we were warming up at seven and I looked down and my finger was just like purple. And I was like, what the heck is that? Like deep, deep purple. So like throughout the course of the summer, I did all these tests to kind of eliminate any potential like heart issue or any sort of like clotting issue. And it was Raynaud's, uh, it was Raynaud's. It was, you know, kind of this like weird thing that sometimes happens. Um, it can happen just like on its own or it can happen as a, um, as a part of like an autoimmune disease or an autoimmune disorder. Um, and then as we discovered that, I found out that I had some, you know, I had elevated ANAs, which is anti-nuclear antibody. So like my rheumatologist, she wasn't like, like I, she was like, you certainly don't have um, an autoimmune disease, but she was like, you know, given some of these symptoms and like your family history of lupus, like it's very possible that you could develop some sort of autoimmune disease in your life. And uh, so it was like kind of that happening. And then also at the same time, going back to like my dream of playing ball at Cornell, I realized, and, and the reason I wanted to play ball at Cornell is like my uncle went to Cornell, big family history there. Um, and I knew that like it's an Ivy, so there's no scholarship and it's hard to get into. So I knew that, okay, like if I was good enough to at least make the roster, then like it would help me get into the school because mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted that, that good education. So it's kind of, realizing well nutrition can help me get like bigger and stronger for softball but it could also help me like if you know god forbid something were to happen whether it be 5 10 or you know 20 years down the road if i were to develop some sort of autoimmune disease there's no cure you know there's just treatment but if i treat my body as well as possible if i give it the most nourishing food i can if i can you know take take care of my my body and even me Oops, I hit my microphone there. If I can take, if I can take care of my body, um, and even my mind and my spirit, then you know it would at least put me in a much better place to you know fight or you know deal with anything that that might be coming my way. And then as I got into nutrition, like I, so it was probably about like sophomore year of high school, and in I think it was second grade. My mom was like, "All right, Jay, uh, you can either pack your lunch every day or buy your lunch." I was like, well, I'm not packing it every day. So I would like, I bought, I bought my lunch all through school until like freshman, sophomore year. And I started packing my lunches and I'd have, um, like I would start prepping my own food. This is like back in like 20, 2007, 2008. Um, I'd start, no, that's too early. Yeah, no, 2008. I'm losing track of time here. I'd start <laughs> I, I, I was like meal prepping before meal prepping was a thing. I was like meal prepping and I'd like if we were having spaghetti at dinner, I'd made sure that like I'd have like an extra like chicken breast in addition to my meatball because I was like, well, I don't want to have three meatballs, but I want to get some extra protein. Like I was hyper aware of um, everything I was putting into, into my body throughout high school. 
Um, and I don't think it bordered on like some people kind of take it to the extreme into like that, like orthorexia extreme. And I, I definitely didn't, I definitely didn't do that. Like I still incorporated just as I do now, lots of sweets and lots of cookies and tasty things that I can totally incorporate in a healthful way. Um, but just like having that attention on my nutrition for the first time made me realize like, oh, like when I have a pre-practice snack, I perform so much better. Like when I, when I feel my body before my workouts, I feel better throughout them. I have more gas in the tank. Same thing with like hydration. Like, oh my gosh, like when I'm hydrated, um, I feel better in calculus class. I think better in psychology. So it, it helped me realize that nutrition can be so powerful. And so I, I, that's when I knew, okay, like I, I want to study this. And in school, in dietetics, you know, there's clinical dietitians who work with you know, patients admitted to a hospital and generally patients are, you know, they're only admitted for three to five days and they could be admitted for all sorts of reasons. But, you know, I don't, I, I wasn't fulfilled at, you know, going to the bedside, seeing a patient once, giving them like a 20 minute spiel on how to manage their diabetes when you know that they're admitted for like an acute um, issue that they just want you to get out of their room so they can sleep and so they can rest because they're in pain or they're hurting or they're non-compliant, whatever it might be. So I knew that that wasn't what I wanted to do, but going back to how I, you know, you enjoy connecting with people and building those relationships. Uh, that's kind of how I ended up specifically as a dietitian in food service management. Um, Cause I, I believe in, yes, it's, it's, it's great to, to be a food service director in order to take care of the patients. But what I always focused on was how can I focus on my colleagues and take the best care of my colleagues so that they can focus on taking care of our patients and serving our patients, you know, healthful food. So building those relationships with my colleagues, I feel like was really good practice, even though it's not specifically related to nutrition for coaching. Cause a lot of my coaching is more behavioral based and habit based. Like if you drilled me about some like super duper nutrition science right now, I'd flat out be like, I don't know, got to go check my textbook or like, I, I have to brush up on the science. Like I'm not, that's what the one thing admittedly I need to, you know, keep up with a little bit more is, is like the actual nutrition science, but the, the behaviors and the, you know, the, the building habits in order to positively impact people's livelihood um, and longevity. That's really what's drawing me to nutrition coaching right now. So I got into nutrition because of my own personal, um, you know, interest in, in, in getting stronger, getting better at softball, taking care of my body in the best way possible. And then throughout my journey with nutrition, I realized, wow, like so many people could really benefit from this. Almost like what you're saying, like you had to put these conversations out there because people can benefit from them. Like, I don't, I don't want to keep this information to myself and only serve myself. You know, my, my goal is to really spread my reach as far as possible and, and, and lead people to action. It's incredible. It really is. And, you know, thank you for, for doing that. Um, now you, you said you, you recently got your LLC for your, mm -hmm. your coaching business. Yeah. Now, is it only coaching or do you put together meal plans and things like that? Um, so that's a question that we get a lot um, as like dietitians and nutrition coaches. I do not. Uh, do meal plans. I will help my clients meal plan, but I do not administer, hey, this is your prescribed diet or this is your prescribed meal plan for the next X number of days. Because I truly believe, you know, maybe that's sustainable for 
a few days, but like how many days do you, do you, you know, you wake up and you're like, okay, like I'll have my eggs and my bacon uh, for breakfast and maybe I'll go here for lunch and then I'll have this for dinner. And like, you might wake up thinking you're going to eat one thing, but then by the time dinner rolls around, you're like, Ooh, I don't want that, that, that chicken and rice and broccoli. Um, I actually want sushi instead. So you, you know, it's finding that balance between educating clients on how to, you know, how to, how to make better choices, but then also giving them the autonomy to kind of manage their own, their own diet and manage their own meal planning. So I help people make meal plans, but I do not think that following a meal plan is sustainable for the long term. And that's my goal with my clients, right? If you want short-term results, if you want to lose X number of pounds in 30 days, I'm not the dietitian for you. All right. Mm -hmm. Like some of my, some of my most successful clients are the ones I've been working with for like four to five months because it's complicated. It's really complicated to change habits, especially habits related to, you know, food and nutrition. Uh, So long, long winded answer to your question. No, I don't do meal plans. Well, I like that though, because every, every body is unique. Everyone's diet is not the same. What, what works for my body may not work for your body. So just to give someone you know, uh, a one sheet on, Hey, this is what you should do. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. And, and so what we'll do sometimes is, you know, if somebody is struggling to be, and because sometimes in the first, like several weeks, we might not talk nutrition until we're, we've got hydration dialed in until, you know, we might focus on some other habits first and then shift to, to nutrition. I would say we, you know, we build, I know I keep like putting myself on mute and drinking my water. And then I've got that. Have you seen on Instagram the uh, that like whipped instant coffee everybody's been drinking? Um, I have not, but but I think this will help both you and I out here. Um, Strong coffee, which is going to be one of our uh, one of the products that both JJ and I um, are supporting. Um, It's got collagen. It's got protein. MCT oil and it's a quick coffee. Like you just throw it in in your uh, coffee cup, it's, uh, heat it up, stir it, and then you've got you. It could be coffee. It can be your pre workout. Could be your post workout. There's so many health benefits to it. So um, I haven't seen it. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I haven't I like seen it. Whip, I like it. But I do know about co- coffees like that. One in particular, strong, which I think is actually really good. And if uh, you want to. Um, if you're interested in that, talk to JJ or I a little more and we could probably get you a nice discount on, on your order. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where was that going before we talk about hydration? Oh, as I always say, build the found, we build the foundation first. Like we're not going to like, we're not going to put a roof on something that doesn't have a foundation. So we build the foundation first. And then after that, if they're still struggling with, with meal planning, then, you know, I'll go through them and say, okay, what is a typical day for you? Well, and this is a conversation we have, you know, early on in their coaching journeys. You know, what does a typical day look like for you? When are you feeling hungry? When when do you kind of find yourself reaching towards those snacks? And we'll we'll work together to create, you know, some ideas or some easy meals that they can then implement versus just saying you're eating this at this time. Cause like you said, everybody's different. Everybody's gonna have a different diet. Um, and everybody has different and even like day to day our hunger cues and our appetite, it can even differ day to day. Like yesterday I was voracious. I was so hungry all day. We had like a pretty active day Friday, pretty active day yesterday. Like today, even though we went for like a decent little hike this morning, I haven't been as hungry throughout the day. So it's like 
it's really hard to dictate to somebody what to eat. You really have to just help them get in tune with their own body and get in tune with, with what their body's telling them. And that takes time. A lot that of takes, time. And I, I like I like what you do because you're so right. You can give someone a four-day, five-day meal plan that will help them lose five pounds or whatever the amount of weight they want to lose, which is great. But if you don't learn what works for you, if you don't build that mindset to be okay with knowing what to order off the menu, then what's what's the point? You're just going to gain that weight back. You're going to go right into the – the paradigm that you have been in and you're going to continue eating, consuming and living the way you are Mm -hmm. instead of living healthier. So yeah, for for anyone out there who's, who is trying to lose weight, know that it's not just about what you eat. It's, it's a full lifestyle and you have to put your full, uh, your, your full effort in life into changing that. If you want to be healthier, lose weight and keep it off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, sometimes different dietitians will get really sensitive or or not take on a client whose goal is weight loss, which is like a whole nother story. And, you know, my thing is like, I'd rather, I'd rather if, if weight loss is somebody's goal, because I always ask them, well, why? Well, I want to lose weight because I want to feel better in my clothes. Okay. Well, why do you want to feel better in my clothes? Well, because the way my clothes fit right now and they're like a little bit snug, I'm really self-conscious of them. You know, when I'm in meetings, I I feel hyper aware. Okay. If your clothes fit a little better, if you felt a little more confident, well, then what would that mean? And they're like, well, I guess I'd feel more confident. I'd like, it's like, I always ask like, what's the why behind your why? It's not about the weight loss. It's about, you know, being more confident, acting in a way that, you know, you might be able to take the next step in your career or, you know, whatever it is, there's always, I would say like, you know, peel back the layers of the onion. There's always more to the goal of weight loss. So once I figure out what somebody's goal is, I'm like, okay, great. I can help you because most of the time I can, I can help you. But I tell them, you know, before we even commit to working together, you know, we are going to absolutely track your weight it's going to be the last, it's always like the last question on their check-in sheet is like, you know, what was your last fast weight? So we track it, but sometimes depending on the client, not sometimes, most of the time, we don't really talk about the weight because I know that the, the actions that we're taking, I know that the habits we're building, I know that the things we're instilling will eventually lead to weight loss, but I don't want to focus on that because the goal is not the number on the scale. The goal is, oh my gosh, I feel so rest in the morning. I get up. I execute my morning routine. I feel indistractable throughout the day. I have energy to work out. I can play with the kids. Da, 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 da. Oh, by the way, I lost five pounds. So it's great. So like we celebrate all of the other things before we celebrate the weight. It's the things that really matter. Yeah. Right. Like you said, the weight loss is it's like the, the, the last layer on the onion. Mm-hmm. And if that's all you focus on, well, there's so much under that that is that matters way more that is mm-hmm. so much more a priority than just the weight loss and you know good on you for for asking more questions why why and why because that's not those are the questions that that people aren't confronting within themselves mm-hmm. yeah 
And I would say it's like 90% life coaching, 10% nutrition coaching. <laughs> yeah. Like 90% of the time it's, you know, how are you feeling? We talk like a lots of lots of routine that don't necessarily even relate to nutrition, but it's a whole holistic approach to, you know, your, your body, your mind, your spirit. And I, you know, I've, I, you know, had great habits throughout college. And then for a little while there, like I've gained weight myself. My, my wife lovingly calls it cafeteria bod. I worked as a, <laughs> I worked as a retail and catering manager right out of my internship up in Philly. And it was like early mornings. And she was like, I would work really early long days. It was my first management position. Like I was working crazy hours she was working like second shift at a nature preschool. We like barely saw each other. I was like eating like crap, drinking. I used to drink a quad shot iced Americano at 6 a.m. and then get another quad shot at like 5 p.m. before I left. Like wow. I needed so much caffeine just to get through the day. And then I, have, I think it was like eight months into that job. Um, my wife, well, she was my girlfriend at the time. She was like, all right, I do not like Philly whatsoever. I'm moving back to D.C., please follow if and when you can, but like I'm out. And I was like, all right, I respect that. So I, I had a year long commitment up there. And I, I feel like once, when we moved to DC, I really realized, oh my gosh, like all that time I spent learning about nutrition and really dialing in my habits. Like I spent for eight years building all those habits and in a year some of them were just, just gone mm -hmm. and you have to re rebuild them so you know and the reason i'm sharing this and you know you, you talked about being real on your past podcast and who you show up here and now as it's 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 you in real life and one of the reasons i want to start my podcast and one of the reasons i really enjoy coaching is because it might look like on the outside i've got it together right? Like I, I post my workouts and, you know, I, I do nutrition coaching and I, I am like, you know, practicing what I preach, but we all still struggle. Like my relationship to food is in by no means perfect. My relationship with my body is in by no means perfect, but I've, I've seen where I was and then where I am now. And it, like, we're all in different parts of our journey. And I know that some people are farther along on that journey than others. And, and I might be farther along on my journey than, than some other people. So I know that I can help those people and, and serve those people. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I mean, <laughs> let's confuse it. Cause, cause I, <laughs> I finished saying that. I'm like, wait, I can't remember why I said that. <laughs> well, so a, a few things here, a few things. Um, it's funny that you brought up, the mindset book by Carol Dweck earlier, just because um, she talks about the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. And am I going, are you going to beat yourself up if you're a nutritionist, but your personal relationship to, to food isn't always the best? Well, no. I mean, if I was, if I was, the fixed mindset and didn't think that it's, it's all about uh, it's all about being the best person of nutrition that I can pause that I, that I can be. And I'm a failure. If I'm not, then, 
that might change things. But knowing that you're in the growth mindset, saying like, hey, it's not about me being the the perfect image of what perfect nutrition is. It's just me about being better and becoming better every day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Also, yeah, I don't always eat great. I want to have pizza every now and then. I want to eat a bean and cheese burrito because they're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I believe, I believe there's like food is not good or bad. Like food can serve many purposes and like a piece of chocolate cake, like sure it's sugar sweetened and maybe it's high fat, but like you can enjoy a piece of cake without feeling guilty, without feeling like you have to run off those calories or whatever it might be. Because like chocolate cake is delicious. And if I'm at somebody's birthday party or even my own birthday party, like I'm going to eat the cake and I'm going to enjoy it. Should I be eating it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Probably not. Probably not. But like you can, you can still work, work food in, in a way that still fulfills you. Um, and you know, still fulfills you spiritually and, and physically. Now what are, I, you don't have to give me like a, a direct experience with a client, but what I would ask is what are the most common challenges you've seen, um, whether it be within your clientele or, or others that you've seen, mm-hmm. and what are some easy things or, or some, some things that you could give to people now to be like, hey, if you just want to make little changes – yeah this this can serve you know most of the population yeah sure so um well i would say if i could only give like two pieces of advice ever it would be like eat more vegetables and resistance train but (laughs) um so one of the things one of the things that i see a lot is this like people wanting to go from like zero to 60 or people thinking that well okay, I want to be working out five days a week. It's like, okay, great. And I asked them like, well, how many days are you currently working out? Mm, well, none. And I'm like, okay, well, it's not like realistic for you to go from working out zero days a week to five days a week. Well, but I want to. And it's like, no, no, I understand you want to, but you're not gonna. Like telling people, like being real with people and, and being realistic with their goals. And I'm not saying, you know, sh- uh, make mediocre goals. Like, um, you know, you don't want to shoot too high, but you don't, also don't want to shoot too low. You want to like be realistic with your goals so it pushes you, but it's not super overwhelming. Like the resolutioners, the reason that they only last, you know, two or three weeks is because if you're not incorporating, you know, fruits and vegetables into your diet, and if you're not drinking the water that you should be, and if you're not working out and you're not sleeping eight hours a night, if all, all of a sudden on January 1st, you say during all those things, it's too many changes all at once and it's not sustainable. So the biggest, one of the biggest things I preach is sustainability. And, and that's what I believe helps with longevity of these goals. And my clients and I, and, and I've been doing this for the last three years, probably since I switched to that from that fixed back to the growth. One habit that I do without fail is setting weekly goals. So If somebody took one thing from this, it would be to set a weekly goal or a few weekly goals for yourself. I always do mine on Sunday. I actually share them with my clients and I encourage them to share them with each other because I think there's power and accountability and and I want to be open with my clients about my own journey and what I'm working on. 
So set one goal or a few goals, depending on where you're at in your journey. Assuming, assuming you're starting from ground, like from, from, from the ground zero, assuming you're just starting this journey, set one goal for yourself. You know, ha- how much water did you drink last week? Do you think you drank enough? About half an ounce to an ounce per pound of body weight? If so, great. Maybe move on to a different goal. But if not, just start there. Just start with drinking enough water that the day, and then only focus on that for the next week. And then maybe after that week, you, you, you know, continue that goal on the next week. Like sometimes my clients will carry goals through, you know, three or four, even five weeks, depending on the goal. But then eventually that, that weekly goal that, that was a really big effort at first, it becomes a habit and you've found a way to incorporate it into your routine. And you know, okay, in order to reach my water goal today, I should start my day with eight to 10 ounces first thing in the morning, right in the bathroom when I wake up. And that way I'm, you know, I've, I've already got a cup in before I drink my coffee. So wherever you're starting, set a weekly goal. And even for you, Seth, and, and me, even where we, where we are in our journeys, like there might be something that you've been meaning to do or, or something that you, you haven't done that, you know, you can even set a goal for yourself this week. And the farther along your journey, the kind of more complicated those goals might become and maybe the more complicated routines and habits might become. Uh, but at the end of the day, I really think starting slow and, and building from there is important. And another thing I did this, this week with my clients, uh, I had my first group coaching call with my, with my clients. And it was actually really fun to get everybody on a Zoom call and see them all interact with each other because usually it's just them and I one-on-one. So one thing we did was we set a 24-hour goal together. I said, okay, what's on your list? What have you been carrying uh, like from week to week on your to-do list that really doesn't take that much time that you can just knock out in the next 24 hours? Because sometimes the mental energy we expend thinking about something is more than the actual energy it would take to do that thing. So mine was sending, I sent, uh, I sent all my new clients cards. So I sent out three client cards and I paid for a Zoom membership. It's like, not big things, but just things that I had been blowing off for some reason. So, you know, even if, even if you're not up to a weekly goal, what's, what's something you can do in the next 24 hours? Does it go for a walk? Does it go for a run? Does it do 10 push-ups? It's so awesome. It's awesome because like I'm, I get to talk to so many extraordinary people and you are definitely, you are definitely one of them. And a lot of people that I talk to are, are they're they're goal oriented, but they're they're more meticulous about the process of getting to the goal. And the common theme among them is what you just said: have the goal, but that's not where it ends. You you literally have to break that goal down. Yeah. You have to break that goal down into a monthly goal, then go to a weekly goal, then a daily goal. And it's amazing how your body and your mind, everything about you will adapt to those changes and, you know, you being intentional and practical about getting to that daily, weekly, monthly, yearly goal, whatever it, whatever it is. That's how you really create and sustain change. It's really powerful. Yeah. And I don't know if you, I mean, you, you work very hard. You're very effortful effortful and things you do but like one thing I know softball taught me was like how hard we can push our body and how hard we can push ourselves like you were taking classes you were playing baseball and you were rehearsing for plays all at the same time so clearly 
you were max using every single minute of every single day and you had to yeah. manage your time. And one thing that, you know, softball and, and playing sports taught me is how, how hard we can push ourselves. And I think that's another thing that I try to, you know, teach my clients as well is like, there's, I feel like I have two, like, you know, like the angel and devil. It's like, I feel like I have two sides of myself. One is like push, 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 grind, go faster, go harder, like push yourself. And the other one is like, Hey, like, it's okay. Like take time for your brain and, and take some time off and be gentle with yourself and be compassionate. And I think they're both very important. And for me, I feel like they're constantly like waging a battle of like, which one's going to win. But I feel like that's good. Like we need both, both ends. Um, so I don't think that people need to like push themselves to their max capacity all the time. But I think there's definitely a benefit in doing hard stuff. Like there's a benefit to like finishing a workout and being like, oh my God, like I could vomit right now because you're pushing yourself and you're doing hard stuff. Like beyond a shadow of a doubt, even with everything that's going on right now, like 2020, like if you look at the history of the world, like this is the greatest time to be alive. Like we, we obviously, we still have a lot to, a lot of hardships and a lot of terrible things in this world, but overall it's a great time. It's a great time to, to be alive. So I think sometimes pushing yourself and getting into that like uncomfortable zone can really, really, really help. There's for, for great teaching moments, like you just, like you just gave, there's, there's always um, ways to make that really set in. And that's giving like context and real practical application. And one way that, that I see um, when we're, when we're trying to push ourselves or not push ourselves or knowing like what to do is really just being truthful with yourself and owning it knowing that you are responsible for whatever happens. Like if you get hit in the arm, you can sit and cry about it. But if it doesn't hurt, if it really doesn't hurt. Tell yourself that doesn't really hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit, cry, dwell, or even think about this anymore. Mm. Am I really tired in the gym? Am I really not going to do this last set? Am I not going to do this last push-up? That's on you. You got to talk to yourself. Mm-hmm. Am I not going to write this last page? Am I not going to cook myself breakfast? Or am I going to – it's like brushing your teeth. Am I really – I don't want to brush my teeth tonight. No, I'm sorry, Seth. It's it. not an option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I know I'm giving like kind of like random – no, but it's so, it's so practices, true. But yeah. if you just tell yourself to cut out the bullshit, literally cut out the bullshit. Why am I running seven miles every single day when I know that my body does need to rest? I need to take a rest. Yes. It works both ways. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes people have, I think sometimes like, people have a, a, a mis a misperception of I don't know if you've seen like uh, you know people kind of saying like you don't have to be super productive this quarantine like you don't have to hustle harder and I'm not saying like hustle yourself to death and I'm not saying you know don't take care of yourself but I'm just saying you can use this time to, to make progress and like with the examples that you're just saying the one thing I thought of is 
I struggle with waking up in the morning without snoozing. Like I'm totally outright with that, with that. I I've worked really hard to try and develop a morning routine, but like the one thing that throws off my routine is if I hit snooze, even just for a second. So like sometimes I'll oversleep and my first inclination is to be like, you P O S you did it again. You just lost 45 minutes of your morning. And then I'll be like, okay, wait, stop. That's not helpful. Jennifer, you overslept. Don't let it happen again tomorrow. Take a moment. Okay, now make the best of it from here on out. So like that that's something I, I, I have to do that reframe in my mind again. Again, it's like it's really easy to to get down on yourself. It's really easy to kind of let that let the BS creep in, like you were saying, but shut it down. Even if you've made a mistake, even if you've messed up, like shut it down and, and keep it moving in a in a positive way. Yeah. Do you celebrate when you when you do wake up? <laughs> my uh so I, I um I just got off a one of my really good friends from college and a former teammate. She's now working with me as a client. And awesome. I we made a pact. We we um and sometimes I'll do things with my clients kind of like in I don't know, like in solidarity and so they know like I'm working on the same thing. I, I think it I don't know, I think it can be fun. And really it's also me having them as accountability too. Like if I tell my client I'm gonna do something, like I'm gonna do it because I need to show up for them. Uh so we're we're no snoozing this week. I'm going to get up and execute my morning routine. And the reward and the celebration is the fact that I get to take five to 10 minutes in the morning to start my day with, with meditation. And I know for a fact that that sets my day on a better traje- trajectory. I know for a fact that snoozing does not make me feel any better in the morning. And yet, you know, sometimes, sometimes we still do it. So I always like to be open with, you know, where I'm at in my journey and what, you know, what, what maybe, maybe I'm struggling with. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's, that's my week ahead. That's one of my goals this week. Okay. And I, I think you're going to do it. I know you're well, going to uh, do no, it. No, I know I'm going to do it. It's not an option anymore. It's no longer an option. Right. Using. Yeah. I've, well, I've committed to somebody that I'm not doing it. And so now I do it this week and then I can, you know, carry it forward from there. Sorry. What were you going to say? Well, I, I was going to say, uh, I know like recently on some of your IG stories, you've, you posted like, you know, I'm, I'm about to go to bed. I'm cleaning the kitchen, but like I'm dancing too. I, I love, I love yeah. doing that. <laughs> Why don't you give yourself the opportunity to to dance a little bit when when you wake up without snoozing? Like, wouldn't that make you super happy? Oh, you know what I'm going to do this week that I think would, would, would make me feel good? So I've been lifting a lot more, and I haven't been doing as much mobility since quarantine started. And I'm like getting a little thick with two C's in a good way. Like I'm building some muscle, (laughs) (laughs) I'm building some muscle, but since I haven't been doing as much mobility, I'm not moving as well as I wanted to do. So I think the way I can celebrate is adding five minutes of yoga to my morning and really like start with, if I started with meditation and and that yoga, that that's the yoga to me would be, would be celebrating because it's good for my brain and it would be good for my body to like start opening my, my hips, hips up and such. So thank you for that. And then I'll dance and then I'll dance at night. You better. You I will. Better, I will. You better dance. I will. Oh yeah. I dance most nights. Yeah. I go to bed with clean kitchen every single night. That's like a non-negotiable. Wipe your counters, get all your dishes in the dishwasher. And actually first thing I do. So my morning routine when executed, I wake up, drink a glass of water in the bathroom, brush my teeth real quick, feed the dog. As the dog is eating, I unload the dishwasher. Like literally like first thing I just get it out of the way. And then when he's done eating, I put him back in the bedroom because usually my wife is still sleeping. And then I go do my meditation and like going to bed with a clean kitchen and then waking up and immediately putting away the dishes. Like 
I don't know. It just makes things that some people think are like a big deal or, or they'll be like, oh, like I got to like the last thing I want to do after work is unload the dishwasher. So crank it out right away, get it done. Um, and then, yeah, at night, usually when I clean, I, I dance and listen to music. Same thing in the shower. That's so You know what? You got to meet my girlfriend. Like <laughs> she's so happy when the dishes are, are cleaned. Right. Or like the, just the kitchen looks good. Yeah. Um, all right. I gotta, I gotta figure out a way to, to link yeah. you guys up. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I probably take it to the extreme with, with like, <laughs> oh, no. how I prefer, oh, no, how I prefer the house Maybe. to be. <laughs> Kelsey is the same way. Okay. I will. I, yeah. I will. I'm going to, I you, need you guys to talk to each other. <laughs> are you, are you, uh, are you tidy? Like, are you, Me? are you clean? Yeah. I'm fairly tidy. It's not always my number one priority. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like my girlfriend's number one priority for me. So, you should, <laughs> I, wait, so I, I set a goal for next week. You should set a goal related to that for, for the next week. Like one small little thing you can do or clean and make an effort towards, towards that for her. That's such a good idea. Um, oh, and she's going to love you for this. <laughs> What's her name? Her name's Kelsey. Kelsey. Okay. Yeah. yeah she's Kelsey, awesome. Kelsey, Kelsey will have to chat. Yeah. So uh, just a little quick excerpt. Uh, first of all, thank you to all the healthcare workers. Uh, Kelsey is one of them. She's a nurse and um, she's been triaging between uh, the NICU postpartum uh, and labor and delivery, and then also the COVID uh, units. So I just know like the work she's putting in and I know that there's so many other people out there doing that right now. So I just want to give a yeah, quick little thanks to, uh, to, to all the, the people um, who are helping us out right now. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kelsey. Thank you. And you know, I, I, it's, since I was in a hospital five months ago and now I'm not anymore, like there's almost a part of me that like kind of feels guilty that like I, I, I should be there with them. So for, for all of the, you know, all my former, former coworkers and, and colleagues who are, you know, at, at the front lines as well. Thank you. Thank you to all of them. And thank you, Kelsey. Yeah. Thank. Yeah. This is yes, 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 yes. <laughs> everything. The, the, the other thing too, is like, we're also doing a good job by just staying home. Like it's, mm-hmm. yeah, we're doing our part. Yeah. It's not strange. Yeah. It's very strange. Weird. Yeah. But, Weird. uh, but yeah, I think, so like my goal, my goal, I'm going to make my goal the same thing to have the dishwasher, uh, or the sink completely cleaned, countertops cleaned, table cleaned before I go to bed, mm-hmm. and then the dishwasher unloaded uh, before I. Wow, how do I make this? Do you have a morning routine? I do. Yeah. So my morning routine: uh, wake up, drink drink water. It's funny that you mentioned that because that's something that uh, I really like try and focus on just get mm. water right away. Then usually I have a cup of coffee, um, meditate, work out, read, and then just get, get to the day. Cause like re- reading for me is kind of like the dishwasher for you. I, I'm very intentional about, um, uh, reading every single day. Mm-hmm. And I honestly do not like reading all the time. <laughs> So it's like, okay, I know like every time after I, I, I read more, I feel great. I'm mm-hmm. more focused, uh, but actually doing it or even thinking about doing it. Yeah. It 
doesn't get me super excited. Just being mm-hmm. very real with you. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand. Yeah, sometimes I get so, that, like that depending on what I'm reading. So it's like if I can just knock it out right away, I feel great about myself and I'm ready to, uh, to attack yeah. the rest of the day. Yeah. My, my reading habit I've built at the end of my day, it's a, like at night – and it depends on the week. Sometimes I try to put my phone, like I, I put it on the phone. I put my phone on my windowsill every night. Like it doesn't, I don't use screens in the bed. So my phone goes on my, my windowsill. Sometimes I try to put it down by like nine, but depending on the night, like I might have to be on it later. Uh, but I read before bed, even if it's just a page, even if it's five pages, even if it's like 30 seconds, like that's when I read. Yeah. What does that do for you? Um, well, like you said, like it's, something that you always feel good afterwards um but sometimes like building myself up to do it it's it's not like i'm like chomping at the bit to read um and i'm i'm something i'm working on is building more down like structuring more downtime in for myself because i tend to like go 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 like yesterday when (laughs) when i was checking my dms when i when you when you thought we were recording yesterday i had just finished like an hour and a half bath. Like I had, I had blocked four hours of the day, like just for like me time, which like I never do. <laughs> so I was like, Oh my God, like, did I get the time wrong? <laughs> That's why I was like freaking out so much. Cause like I had it like structured in my head. Um, anyway, so I'm, I'm not as good at like making time for the, that types of things like throughout the day. So like personally, like when I tried to read in the mornings, I would get anxious and like, like not be present with the book, like constantly be thinking about my work to do. So I find at night, like, you know, kitchen's clean, phone is down, I'm showered, whatever. Okay, the only thing I have to do now is read and and fall asleep. And not putting that pressure on myself of like 10 minutes a day or X number of pages a day, that's personally worked well for me. And there's times where like like Friday I took a break midday and read a couple pages. But um, just for me personally, it, it works better at night. But I'm glad we're talking about this because just like anything, just like with nutrition, the our routines and habits like they're never going to be the same person to person Mm -hmm. so like it's it's really encouraging people to find what works for you what works for me might not work for you seth but maybe it'll work for somebody else or maybe they can take the routines that we just talked about and tweak them in a way that it fits for them yeah and sorry one more thing same thing with nutrition it's like you can't you can't go from snoozing to rolling out of bed, to getting a cup of coffee, going straight to work. You can't go from that to all the things Seth just mentioned. Just like with anything, you have to build these routines and build these habits. So like another weekly goal, wake up and drink a glass of water first thing. Don't change anything else about your routine. Just focus on that one thing. And then after you've built that, then you can stack a habit on top of that. So I think you can take that same approach to a lot of things in life. I think that's a really good point too, especially for right now. Um, during the quarantine, like like we were talking about, everyone's always like, "Oh yeah, learn learn something new or start a new, uh, I don't know, book or or something." Well, you can do that, but if you want to do it well, just start very very simple. Only like like have a a basic goal about whatever it is that you're doing. Like if you're trying, just an example, if you're trying to learn Excel or a computer application, give yourself like, Hey, I just want to learn uh, the directions on, on how to use this 
first. I just wanted to learn that before I start learning how to, uh, you know, make a full motion picture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then um, I wanted to speak a little bit on, on reading at night. So if there's, if anyone's like me, I'm like, my mind like just races into like tons of different things, especially at night. But what I've found is that if I read a few pages or if I do some reading at night, it kind of gets me back into that, to that like hyper-focus, uh, that hyper-focus state. And instead of dwelling on like a thousand different things, I literally just dwell on what I just read about. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to sleep better, fall asleep quicker as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And like one thing, so like right now I'm reading at night, it's called Buddha by Karen Armstrong. And it's like a, like a, almost like a biography about the, the Buddha. And um, it's very dense. Mm-hmm. And I find myself like, I'll read a sentence and then like blink and like have to go back and reread it again. So, and, and sometimes it's, I'm enjoying it, but it's just very dense for me, like the, compared to what I usually read. And I find that it's almost like I'll, I'll be reading and then like somehow I'm reading and still thinking about other things. And I'll just be like, oh, hey, refocus back on the book. It's almost like, like, you know, with meditation, like your mind is going to wander and you just refocus. So I find reading at night sometimes too, like you said, it, it helps bring me back to the moment. It helps bring me back to the present, which I think is, is really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what um, are you reading right now? I'm just, I'm just, I'm almost finished with, uh, with Mindset by Carol okay. Dweck. So, uh, I just finished a chapter all about coaching and, uh, in particular, uh, sports coaching. And it was so fascinating. Um, John, as I've read and listened to, uh, more podcasts and books, I've learned so much about John Wooden and like how amazing he was at coaching and just his perception, everything. Um, and there was... There was an excerpt I read yesterday that yeah. really, uh, it really lit me up. Hold on. Let me, I, I'm going to bring it up right now. Oh, the, the Holy Grail, full preparation and full effort. Wooden was not complicated. He was wise and interesting, but not complicated. He was just a straight ahead growth mindset guy who lived by this rule. You have to apply yourself each day to becoming a little better by applying yourself to the task of becoming a little better each day. And every day over a period of time, you will become a lot better. He didn't ask for mistake-free games. He didn't demand that his players never lose. He asked for full preparation and full effort from them. Did I win? Did I lose? Those are the wrong questions. The correct question is, did I make my best effort? If so, he says, you may be outscored, but you will never lose. He was not a softie. He did not tolerate coasting. If the players were coasting during practice, he turned out the lights and left. Gentlemen, practice is over. They had lost their opportunity to become better that day. So that just made me think so much about everything I've done in sports, all the coaches I've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, I know exactly. I know exactly who, who coached me and who is relatable to that and who yeah. is the exact opposite of that. Yeah. And it's just so applicable in everyday life. Yeah. One of the things I'm, and I'm, I like started reading it and then 
I, I, I tend to have like multiple books going at, at the same time. So I only have, I, th I think I'll be able to finish Buddha this like today or, or the next few days. And I'm definitely shifting back, back to the mindset book. But even just in the first like chapter or two, one of the things I loved was them talking about how people in a growth mindset, when they experience failure, they, they look at it as an opportunity to learn. And I think that's so important. Like I know personally, I'm like so afraid of, of failure and sounding silly on these podcasts or not saying the correct thing, but failure provides an opportunity to learn. And I, and I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. And it, along on, on top of that, it's, it's your perception of, of how you fail. If you take it very personal and and know or and think to yourself that you can't get better or you can't get better enough, that's only a detriment to you. Mm -hmm. And that's solely on you. Yeah. But if you can look at your mistakes and know that you don't lose, you learn. It's like uh I don't I don't know if you know Connor McGregor, but mm -hmm. when he lost like his a huge fight you know he's the cockiest guy in in sports he he is like a master at shit talking when, when Khabib beat him uh no before um mm -hmm. not Khabib it was uh the, the it was the guy it was another guy that he fought but he lost and he's like you know what props on him I lost but I didn't just lose I learned and I will come yeah. back and I will get better um and you know, sometimes you need to lose to get better. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I want to, I want to ask you just a couple more questions here. Sure. Um, the first one is in, while we're in this quarantine or in this pandemic, as a nutritionist, what are two or three things that people should be focusing on? Two or three things people should be focusing on. And this is, this is hard because everybody's going to be starting um, mm -hmm. from a different place. But definitely make sure you're properly hydrating. Um, about half an ounce to an ounce per pound of body weight is like a good place to start. And, you know, if you're a salty sweater or a heavy sweater when you work out, like, you know, you might, might need to drink a little bit more. But that's a really good place to start. Mm -hmm. um, another thing uh, would be not really related to nutrition, but take this time to work on your sleep and your sleep habits, make sure, making sure that, you know, you're getting seven to eight hours a night, making sure that, you know, if you're having trouble falling asleep at night, you know, trying to figure out what, what could potentially help you. Is it limiting screen time? Is it meditating before bed? I think sleep is super, super um, important and can be underrated in some of this like rise and grind culture. Um, so like my morning routine is very important to me, but my sleep is also very, very important to me. So like if I need to like condense the amount of time I med meditate in the morning or if I need to like sleep in for that extra half hour or hour, I absolutely will. So make sure you're hydrating, make sure you're sleeping. And as always, eat your fruits and veggies, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever diet you prescribe to, um, you know, what, whatever makes your body feel good, like that is on you. Um, but really seriously, like take, take a look at the amount of plants you're eating and, and the amount of colors. A uh, good rule of thumb is, you know, make half of your plate 
uh, non-starchy vegetables or, or fruit, non-starchy vegetables. Um, so our starchy vegetables are like potatoes, peas, corn, sweet potatoes, you know, those, those starchy type things, which are not mm -hmm. bad. Um, it's just, you know, we, sh we should be making up half of our plate with those non-starchy vegetables um, and, and some fruit. So, you know, eat your greens, eat your peppers. And it doesn't have to be fresh right now. Like we've, my wife and I have been crushing frozen veggies and even canned veggies. Um, so yeah, nothing, nothing surprising. <laughs> okay. But, 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 but those are the things I would say. Yeah. Awesome. I, I think it's, I think it's a good time to like get down to basics and really like solidify that foundation because no matter where you go from, from those three things, it, it can only, it can only be up. Yeah. And you, this is like a great time to do that because you're not doing anything else. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, some people, yeah. And like, I know, I know some people are busier right now than, than they used to be, which like, even if you're busier because you're an essential, essential employee or, or whatever line of business you're, you may be in, True. all those things can still, can still help you right now. Like they're going to help your immunity, you know, help with your energy, especially sleep. Like I'm listening to uh, why we sleep right now by Dr. Matthew Walker really interesting and really uh motivating me to you know take my i've thankfully knock on wood like never had issues sleeping but like really uh making me want to make sure i you know continue to get get the sleep sleep i want and in order to do that then i it, it i feel like it's all it's all related right to because in order to get the amount of sleep i want i need to make sure that i'm utilizing my awake time as best as possible and managing my time as best as possible and staying indistractable throughout the day so but yeah those three things water sleep fruits and veggies water sleep fruits and veggies write them down <laughs> and like if people are gonna be like well what sort of supplement like uh, if if you want to supplement it with a multivitamin right now provide a little bit of extra vitamin c and zinc by all means go for it um but yeah definitely focus on focus on those foundational aspects of things okay okay thank you thank you for that yeah. um now here are the questions that I always ask everyone when they come on the pod. Mm -hmm. um, number one, we've already discussed it a little bit, but uh, what are the books, not just that you're reading, but what are the books that you'd recommend to people? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mentioned reading mindset, Buddha, listening to why we sleep. Also, I also, I always have like a fiction book currently going on as well. So that's, Oh goodness. What is it called? Little Fires Everywhere. Oh. Um, did you read it? I haven't read it, but um, my girlfriend and I, that's the series that we're watching right now. Oh, uh, nice. How yeah. is it? It's interesting. Um, it? Yeah, really, really dramatic. Really dramatic. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good. Highly, yeah. I highly recommend. Yeah, like some people like only read fiction, only read nonfiction, like I really enjoy fiction books, but like, I like the learning aspect of nonfiction. So I always have one of those going. Um, and I thought about this cause you, you gave me a heads up about this. Um, but it's, so the way I look at books, um, you know, like, I don't know if you read the book Sapiens, I forget the guy's name who, who wrote it, but like there's certain books that you read. And like, I was talking to my dad, he was like, yeah, I mean, like I like his mindset on like X, Y, Z, but like, I don't agree, agree with these other things and so when i read books especially like self-development books or like nonfiction books i try to i try to take out okay what what do i like from this what do i resonate with and kind of pull that out and i don't want to say leave the rest but like take take what take what works for you so sometimes it's hard for me to like recommend books because i like certain chapters of books or certain parts of books yeah um so 
guess like my recommendation to people instead of like recommending a specific book would be, you know, read something obviously that you enjoy and then take what is useful and, and leave leave what it isn't. Like there's a couple concepts in grit that I really, really, really stuck with me. Like the fact that, you know, grit will outweigh talent. There's this, um, oh goodness, what was it called? I think it was, a, it had a curse word in it. That's okay. Hold up. Get, uh, oh my God. Unfuck yourself or unfuck your life. Something like that. And there was like one concept in there, that book that I really, really love, which is ask yourself, am I willing? Am I willing to be the type of person that wakes up at six in the morning to execute my morning routine? Well, yeah, I'm willing to do that. And like once you, once I asked myself in that way of, am I willing? Then you realize, oh yeah, I am willing to do that or no, I'm not willing to do that. So kind of pick and choose from the books you're reading, what you enjoy and what resonates. Copy that. Awesome. Um, and that last one was, was grit, right? Or from grit? No, uh, the, no, I think it was, I think it was unfuck your life or unfuck yourself or something like that. Okay. That was the book book's title. Sorry, mom, right. for cursing. Uh, it's, the more you do podcasts, you're going to find out that that's just <laughs> what I know. Happens. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. What's it called? Uh, unfuck yourself by Gary John Bishop. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Are you willing? So sometimes I'll ask myself, am I willing? Yeah, I'm willing. <laughs> awesome. Um, the other, the other thing that uh, I always ask is who are your mentors or what are your best mentoring moments, whether that's something that, that you asked, or I'm sorry, something that uh, you mentored someone on or that you received mentorship with? Yeah. Um, I mean, first people that come to mind are my family, my mom, my dad, and my sister. Um, my, I'm very thankful. I have a very close-knit family and I, I have a great re, great relationship with like my mom my dad and and my sister um and like I'm I'm similar to my mom in a lot of ways like sometimes I say things and my dad is like oh my god you are your mother's child like the the way I say things I can be a little bit snarky um and she just like she's been somebody who's like she always gets stuff done so I, I very look very much so look up to her um and then my dad like he's He's very, he's so smart and he's very meticulous and he's uh, very efficient in the way that he does things because he works in like uh, manufacturing and like global uh, manufacturing operations. So I've always looked up to kind of his business savvy and like his ability to, um, you know, just like make things as, as streamlined and, or, and organized as possible. And, and he's the type of guy that like, I don't know, like I know, like my mom and I talk more. But like, if God forbid something happened to me, my dad would be my first call. Like I, I just look up to him immensely. And then my sister too. My sister's six years older than, no, five years older, but six school years older than me. And so I was always like, I'm sure I was an annoying little sister, but I always like wanted to be into everything she was into. And I look up to her so much. And um, we were into very different things growing up. Like she, um, like I played softball and she did um, ballet, tap, and jazz, and she did the musicals, and she played tennis because she thought the uniforms were cute, um, <laughs> which, which I, I think it was good that we kind of had different interests because then there wasn't that, yeah. like, comparison, but I, I've, I've always looked up to, you know, I feel like anybody that has an older sibling, depending on the over, of older sibling, like, they tend to be somebody that, that you look up to. And my coaches, all my softball coaches, like, I've really, I've truly had a lot of mentors in my life. One person that came to mind 
um, just now was uh, my first food service director when I was straight out of my internship. His name is Chad. He actually is the one that like kind of got me into podcasts, which is like cool now because now he like occasionally I think listens to mine, but uh, he really taught me. Um, he taught me how to be a really good leader. He was always, he, he was the first person to roll up his, roll up his sleeves, jump right in on the line or, or, or jump in and, and help us out. And the way I led as a food service director is like my employees knew that I wouldn't ask them to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. I would scrub pots. I would get in the dish room. I'd scrub the floor on my hands and knees. Like, I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. And I learned that from him. And, and I really appreciate that because when people know you're in, you're in the trenches with them, I, I feel like it, it helps get you a lot of respect. So yeah, those are my mentors. Man, that's so, that's incredible, super powerful. And like, it's, it's no surprise to me that, you know, you're doing what you're doing now after, after hearing that. Very, very cool. Um, and another thing that I might be able to relate to is I, I've got two siblings, a younger sister and an older brother. And, uh, my older brother is always someone that, you know, uh, he's like my best friend. Uh, we competed in everything growing up. He's Mm -hmm. also, uh, wow. He's listening. I, I can't, I don't know how many school years older he is, but I think he's four or five years older, depending on the, uh, you know, where we are in the year. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like we competed in everything, every sport, um, just everything. But now he's like, he's like my best friend. Talk to him about everything. Um, and definitely someone I look up to. So that's, that's really cool that you have that relationship with your sister. Yeah. And I'm excited. I'm actually, um, I'm jumping on the last like three or four Sundays I've released an episode and I think that might be, I was trying to figure out my cadence of my podcast and I really like like some like, and my episodes have been super short so far. I really like like the short kind of solo episodes, but I'm making her come on tonight because I'm like, I like can't wait to like talk to her. And I like, I kind of have the episode playing out in my brain, but I haven't told her yet. Like I'm just going to wing it with her. Um, But I think, I think she'll be fun to have on and she's a school counselor and has her master's degree in, in counseling. So um, even just, I think some of the conversations that her and I have as sisters, like, I think even some listeners will be able to, to get value out of it because she's essentially like counseling me throughout, you know, my day to day sometimes, which it's nice to have a, a you know, a sister with that skill set. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Also something to think about. Um, it might be it having those questions ready to go very very good but because she's your sister Mm -hmm. as a listener i'm interested to hear the dynamic of like your relationship with her yeah you know so like yeah like we were talking about you know uh pressing record and getting on the mic and then being like a completely different person and now i'm talking yeah this way no i mean and 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 the reason i want to just like like the first one I just want to get it out of the way because I feel like I've been hyping up this, like, my first episode with Britt. Like, what's it going to be like? So I said, okay, tonight at 7, we're talking for 20 minutes, and we're just going to talk. And, like, whatever comes of it, comes of it. I'm going to put it out there. Um, But, like, we'll be able to see the dynamic a little bit. Awesome. Awesome. Super excited for that. Yeah. Uh, You know, and uh, JJ, my, my last question here would be, 
how would you tell others to find extraordinary? I would tell others to do what scares them because that's genuine. I would tell others to do what scares them because that's generally an indication of something that will lead to growth. And one thing that helped me to start to find my extraordinary, because I think I'm still on my way there, is to stop dreaming about the future as much. I still think about the future and have a vision for my future, but I've shifted my focus to the here and now and really focused on what can I do this day, this week, to get me towards my end goal. Because it's great to have that vision board and, and you know, all these dreams that, that I do want to come through. But I have to start doing the work now in order to reach that. So I would say do what scares you most and focus on the here and now. I love it. Love it. That is amazing. Thank you for that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I know it's been like a couple hours. Thank you so much for your time, for asking me to be on your podcast and then allowing me to then use this on mine. Um, it's been so cool to, to chat with you and, and just get to know you a little bit more. Same here. Same here. I, um, you know, all, all thanks to you really. Uh, and huge props on you for taking, you know, the plunge into doing the podcast and doing exactly what you just talked about, about finding extraordinary doing something that scares you and going after it, you know? Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate that. Definitely. Well, JJ, uh, to you and and everyone out there listening, uh, thank you very much and hope you all have a great morning, day, and night. (laughs) Thanks, Seth. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to my podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I hope I was able to provide some insight and some knowledge that will help you expand your mind and ultimately your life. Now, you've already done more than enough by listening to the podcast, but if you want to go above and beyond and really help me, you can subscribe to my podcast and rate it on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever your favorite streaming platform is for podcasts. This will ultimately help me grow, and that's what we're all about here. So I am really looking forward to the next time that I get to spend time with you on the podcast. And until then, stay extraordinary.